The High Republic Goes for a Crawl, Captain Janeway Returns, a Ready Player sequel, and my thoughts on the new season of Discovery. All that and more on this edition of Multiverse Tonight! Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. Here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 98 of Multiverse Tonight. Uh, you know, look at that. We're at 98. Next episode of the Sci-Fi Edition will be episode 100, and I hope to have an interview uh, ready. I've, I've asked someone who's been on the podcast before. Uh, if he, if he'd like to do an interview and he said yes, uh, but we're still in the works of setting that up. So hopefully next issue, next episode, we'll have a uh, great interview for you. So, uh, I'll start this off with, uh, what have been your thoughts on the discovery on, on the season premiere of Star Trek discovery? You know, so far, you know, this is the non-spoiler part so far, you know, I thought it was much better than the first two seasons. You know, it they seem to be getting a little better with with their story and everything each season. But I do have some thoughts. And so I thought I'd leave them for the end of the show after the closing music. So stick around. You know, I'll try to cut the closing music short and uh, give you some spoiler-rific thoughts. But uh, anyway, let's let's go into the news with some Star Wars news. Well, we start the Star Wars news today with uh, video game developer EA Motive breaking the hearts of fan of fans of Star Wars Squadrons as they have announced that there will be no downloadable content or updates for the game and that it's being treated like a self-contained product. Star Wars Squadrons creative director Ian Fraser told Upload VR, quote, Never say never, so to speak, but as far as our philosophy goes, we're not trying to treat the game as a live service. We don't want to say it's almost done, and then dribble out more of it over time, which, to be honest, is how most games work these days. So we've tried to treat it in kind of an old-school approach, saying, you've paid the 40 bucks, this is the game, and it's entirely self-contained. We're not planning to add more content, this is the game, and we hope you understand the value proposition." Unquote. Now, the game is out right now for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and will be out later this year for uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X. Hmm. You know, for, for an EA game, that's kind of ref- that's a little bit refreshing because EA has been known for, you know, piling on the DLC to keep making money, like The Sims. You know, I, w- I would love to play. Uh, you know, the Sims without having to shell out more and more to get more content, you know? It would be nice, but anyway. Season 2 of The Mandalorian kicks off at the end of this month with new episodes released every Friday with the finale on December 18th. 
But uh, that aside, uh, there's also the Obi-Wan show, which, according to uh, Ewan McGregor on a recent appearance on the Graham Norton show, told Graham that the uh, show will be in front of a camera in March of 2021. He said, quote, It's the Obi-Wan Kenobi story, I suppose. It's not all about me, but it certainly will be a lot of me, which is good. We start shooting it in March of next year, unquote. He also said that he will guide his portrayal by who he thinks Sir Alec Guinness would have had he played the role, you know, at that his age anyway. So, you know, that sounds interesting. And, you know, I look forward to the Obi-Wan series. Now, we've got some more info about the stories that will be told in the new book from a certain point of view, Star Wars, or Star Wars from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back, which comes out on November 10th. Del Rey went to Twitter to give out short blurbs about the stories like, 1. Imperial probe droids scour the galaxy searching for the hidden rebel base. Who exactly is watching, and what else might they discover in search of the Empire? At Kirsten White. And, uh, you know, there's a long list of these. I won't read all of them, so I'll just kind of skip through them. Uh, did you hear, ever hear the tragedy of the Wampa on Hoth? At Mark does stuff from certain POV strikes back. Uh, we're not crying over Tauntauns. You're crying over Tauntauns. Oh, you aren't? Well, you will be. You will be. At Delilah S. Dawson. We also have Admiral Ozil was as clumsy as he was foolish to the last. At Charles U, hashtag Star Wars from a certain point POV. You on to uh, everyone wants to be friends with R2D2 at Katie Can Draw. The Rebels Escape Hoth, Leia, and Luke are missing. Who will step up to lead them at Jason C. Frey? The first meeting between a Jedi Master and a would be student is critical, especially when that would be Jedi has the last name Skywalker at Jim Zub. There has been a great disturbance in the Force. We have a new enemy. Spooky Force Vision? Dark Side Machinations? You. Are. Not. Ready. At Mike Chen Writer. The plan is made. The trap is set. And Bosk has fallen right into it. He just doesn't know it yet. At Michael Kogue. Jackson wants, wants to visit his friend Lando Calrissian. He couldn't possibly have worse timing. At Kevin Scott. A wannabe bounty hunter marooned on a city in the clouds faces a choice. Follow the love of her life or meet her hero that could meet, make all her dreams come true. Never meet your heroes. At Illamar. There's also... Now where... What's in the Camtono? At Rob... At Rob Ward. And... Always listen to the advice of your physician, droid or otherwise, at Lady Y. King. The story with chronicling the story of hashtag Star Wars is deciding where to begin or rather continue. Everyone's got an opinion. From a certain POV strikes back. Now that sounds interesting. The, the first one was, uh, you know, a very interesting anthology. You know, I, you know, I recommend that you go to the, the first from a certain point of view and read through that. You know, they're very short stories. You know, just kind of give you, you know, like, what did this character see of of the particular tale? So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the second one. The opening crawl for Star Wars The High Republic has been revealed. The story is set 200 years before Episode One: The Phantom Menace. 
and tells the story of the Jedi at the height of their peace in the Republic. The opening Republic, the opening uh, crawl goes some goes like this: the galaxy is at peace, ruled by the glorious Republic, and protected by the noble and wise Jedi Knights. As a symbol of all that is good, the Republic is about to launch the Starlight Beacon into the far reaches of the Outer Rim. This new space station will serve as a ray of hope for all to see. But just as a magnificent renaissance spreads through the Republic, so does a frightening new adversary. Now the Guardians of Peace and Justice must face a threat to themselves, the, the galaxy, and the Force itself. Unquote. The first installment of the novels comes out on January 5th with Star Wars The High Republic Light of the Jedi by Charles Sewell and Star Wars The High Republic A Test of Courage. Well, you know, it's an interesting teaser. Actor Donald Glover recently confirmed that he and his wife, Michelle White, had their third child during the pandemic, saying, quote, You know, I had a kid during this coronavirus. It was nuts. I was in the hospital bed. My son had just been born like an hour before, and I was watching the George Floyd video. I was. It was such a weird moment. It was such an intense, weird moment, because I'm watching that video. It's like eight minutes long. So we're sitting there, and I had this, just had this amazing, joyful, expanding moment. Plus, my dad had passed away recently, so my son was named after my father. I don't even know what really the word is to describe it. It was just expanding the empathy and compassion and the terror and joy of it all. Having the future in your hands, and then having to explain to him, the one who was just in here, legend, why are people angry? Why are people marching? Well, you you look like this. It's just heavy again. You, your show, you whittle down that kind of thing. You simplify what is happening to us. It's really beautiful to see because you can't really describe it. You just can't, you can just feel it, unquote. He also said that his next child might be adopted, saying, quote, I've actually had that thing where I'm like, maybe I should just give vasectomy and just freeze those assets. Because adopting kids, my family adopting kids, and we actually have been talking about it because we have three boys so i'm like oh it might be nice to get a girl in there so i think all those are great options but it is hard unquote so congratulations to the glover family and now let's go on to star trek news well there'll be no con in las vegas this year sorry Creation Entertainment posted this statement on their website, quote, During this pandemic crisis, Creation Entertainment remains steadfast in keeping the health and safety of our attendees, celebrities, and staff as our top priority. While we had hoped to present our official Star Trek convention on December 9th to the 13th, 2020, due to ongoing local, federal, and international protocols, we are unable to do so. We'll be... We'll be next returning again to our traditional time of year, and we'll be back in Vegas on a new date, August 11th through the 15th, 2021, at the Rio All Suites Ho- Resort Hotel and Casino, and its beautiful state-of-the-art convention center. The year 2021 marks the 50th anniversary of Creation Entertainment, the 55th anniversary of Star Trek, the 20th anniversary of our convention in Las Vegas, and Gene Ronberry's 100th birthday year. It's the perfect time to celebrate, and no city is better than Las Vegas to do just that. We are renaming the convention, Creation Entertainment Presents, the 55-Year Mission Tour. We'll have over 100 celebrity guests as usual, multiple tracks of non-stop programming, contests, music, cosplay, and surprises, plus partying galore. 
will immerse our attendees into the positive and loving atmosphere with thousands of other fans as we all celebrate Gene Roddenberry's legacy. CBS is the official partner of this event. The Roddenberry team will be on hand to join in the tributes to the great birds of the galaxy, Gene Roddenberry, talk about all their new projects, and help celebrate the 55th anniversary. If you do not hold your, if you wish to hold your same reserve seat for general admission, you do not need to do anything. Your tickets and same seating will be transferred to the new 2021 date, and updated tickets will be sent to you via the email address you used at the time purchased within a few weeks. Your 2020 ticket will no longer be valid. If you'd like a refund, please contact consumer.service at creationint.com. The deadline for refund requests is October 27th, 2020 at 3 p.m. And if you do not request a refund for the, the deadline, your admission passes, your a la carte photo op, and autograph tickets will be transferred to the new date. If we cannot confirm a guest for the new 2021 date, we'll be issuing refunds on the autograph and photo op ticket. Refunds will be processed after the deadline date. Please allow up to eight weeks. Uh, being in Las Vegas for the for the week is our favorite time of the year, and while the extra waiting will be difficult, it will only make the actual gathering more exciting than ever. Look for the completed news site with confirmed guests so far to be launched by Monday, October 19th, 2020, which is the day we're recording this. Uh, check it out because it's going to be the most outrageously fun week in Vegas yet. Until we can safely meet and celebrate in Las Vegas, thanks for your continued support, your friends at Creation Entertainment, unquote. Hmm. Well, I I hope that they do manage to have one next year. Uh, of course, I'll not be able to go. You know, that's just too cost prohibitive unless unless you guys want to contribute, you know, huge sums of money to send me there. Intent. Anyway, you know, let's hope that the pandemic has, you know, calmed down by next August that they can have this convention. Anyway, Lower Decks first season is done. And, you know, frankly, I loved it. I thought it was a great show. So what will we see in season two? At the New York Comic Con virtual event, a panel discussion with creator Mike McMahon and the cast talked talked about season two. Mike said about the season, quote, It's even bigger and it's even funnier and it's still very Star Trek. We're very proud and we were very careful. It is amazing to be part of Star Trek and it is mind-blowing. We know that it is bigger than us and we have to be very careful with it. And we want it to be very funny, good, and very surprising. So we are working very hard to make something special for everyone. Unquote. Now, he also mentioned that Boimler will be staying where he was, where he is at the beginning of the next season. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, I won't spoil where he ended up. Uh, we all, he also mentioned that season two will have new character mashups like Mariner and Tindy, you know, groups that we really didn't see, you know, they, they, they meshed sort of, but they didn't really have much interaction. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to Season 2. Now, while we're on the subject, Star Trek Animation was revealed in a separate New York, com- in the, in the Comic-Con, New York Comic Con Star Trek panel that Star Trek Prodigy will feature Kate Mulgrew reprising her role as Captain Catherine Janeway. Now, Prodigy, to refresh your memory, is the Nickelodeon uh, computer-generated animated show that has a group of lawless teens finding an old abandoned Starfleet ship and going on a journey of adventure meaning, and salvation. 
The show is set to air on Nick in 2021. In a statement, Ms. Mulgrew said, quote, I have invested every scintilla of my being in Cap- Captain Janeway, and I can't wait to endow her with a nuance that I never did before in Star Trek Prodigy. How thrilling to be able to introduce to these young minds an idea that has elevated the world for decades. To be at the helm again is going to be deeply gratifying in a new way for me. Unquote. Now the show is aimed at a younger audience than other Star Trek shows. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how Captain Janeway is in the show. I'm, I'm assuming it's like a hologram or like a set of recorded messages or something that that spur on the the you know kids on to whatever they're going to be going on but uh, again this is still kind of a developing show so yeah we'll see now uh, a little more discovery news discovery showrunner alex kurtzman said that despite the show now being set 930 years into the future from where season two ended the technology won't seem magical quote we always want to come up with the coolest ideas, and we usually try to come at them from a place of how does this play a part in our story. So usually the technology comes from a need that the story is telling us it wants to deliver. The temptation is you can do anything. The temptation is you can just say that anything is possible and the laws of physics don't apply anymore. While the crew definitely goes into a world where there's a tremendous amount of technology, that we've that they've never seen before. It's also equally important for us to have it feel grounded. So some of the technology defined is actually the evolved versions of technologies they're already familiar with. That keeps it grounded in the language of Star Trek. Unquote. As to who is captain at the beginning of the show, now it's revealed at the New York City Comic Con Trek panel that it's now sold matter at the start of the season. J- Doug Jones, who plays Saru on the show, said, quote, we don't know right away. The captain's chair is open, and it's a big question, and that Burnham and Saru are both equally capable and qualified for it, and both equally wanting the other one to have it. The other thing that remains when we get to the future is the Federation intact, and is it in a place where they could assign what would assign a captain from the future, or do we self-govern? All those questions remain into those first couple of episodes, unquote. Now, Star Trek Discovery has been renewed for a fourth season. Now, now is it to be expected? And on the soon-to-be Paramount Plus network. And production of that season will resume the day before Election Day here in the United States, November 2nd. So get out and vote, and then go watch some Discovery. Now, also revealed at NYCC was... That we are apparently in a new golden age of Star Trek content that will last for at least the majority of this decade. Now, they said, quote, now, Heather, now, uh, this was revealed by, uh, of course, showrunner Alex Kurtzman. He said, quote, Heather, Ked- Heather Kadeen and Aaron Byers, who work with me at, Star- at Secret Hideout, we literally just got off a call before with this with the network mapping out with us through 2027. When I say that, it's not like it's set in stone. It's just, okay, here's a plan. Here's what we're looking. Here's how the different shows are going to drop. Now, consider that it takes a year, unquote. Now, consider it takes a year from start to uh, of, of production to airing. So you have to plan a way, plan anyway in advance to get these things done. And you have to stay on top of the zeitgeist and make sure what you're doing is relevant, unquote. 
He also thinks that discovery could go on for years, even past the seven-year point, saying, quote, I'm going to say in all honesty, there are years and years left on discovery. I think that because, first of all, you know Star Trek in general has a long history of going seven seasons minimum. And we just jumped into the future, and in a way, it's not that it's a brand new show. It, but it's a whole set of variables with a whole new set of ideas and stories. I don't think we limit ourselves to thinking, oh, we've capped at this place. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you then what uh, the show starts to feel stale to us. We'll be rallying to stop it. But for now, it doesn't feel like we're running into a shortage of stories. Unquote. Now, he also touched upon the difficulties of production in the era of COVID-19 saying, quote, we just started shooting a new show, Clarice, and it's been a real learning curve in the past, in the three days that we've been doing it. The good thing is that it's very doable, but it's a highly militarized operation. Everything is slower. Between testing and your set, it doesn't function like it used to function. There are groups that are vetted by the unions, pods within the groups themselves. There are rotations in and out of people. So that if someone gets sick in your pod, the pod just gets removed and another pod gets pushed in. But it doesn't infect the whole group. It is a massive, massive operation. And we haven't even got started that, that yet on the Star Trek shows. Unquote. You know, here's, here's, you know, hoping that, you know, everyone stays safe, you know, gets these things produced because frankly, you know, we need the content. So, uh, you know, here's hoping. But uh, that finishes off Star Trek news, so let's see what's in the geek news bag. Doctors 10 and 13 will be meeting in a video game from Maze Theory and BBC Studios. Doctor Who, Edge of Reality, is coming for PC and consoles in the spring of 2021. Now, the game, of course, will star David Tennant and Jodie Whittaker. The game will be a reimagining and expansion of the Doctor Who VR game, Doctor Who The Edge of Time. According to the press release, quote, A console and PC adventure across space and time, built with current and next generation consoles in mind. Doctor Who The Edge of Reality features new worlds to explore, new puzzles, new challenges, and new gameplay. An original Doctor Who story uncover a universe spanning spanning the threat as you seek to save reality from a series of time-breaking glitches. Continue the story that began in Edge of Time and partner with the Doctor to unearth a greater mystery. New enemies in AI come face-to-face -face with classic Doctor Who monsters, including the Daleks and the Weeping Angels, experience the middle-clad terror of the Cybermen, and more foes yet to be revealed. Also announced was a uh, mobile and Nintendo Switch game called Doctor Who, The Lonely Assassins. The game is, quote, found, has, is a, quote, a found phone experience and tasks players with investigating the house that was in the Doctor Who episode Blink. So don't turn around, don't turn your back, don't look away, and don't blink. Now it'll arrive on the Nintendo Switch, iOS, and Android devices in the spring of 2021. The Wrap reports that Legendary Pictures has uh, nabbed the rights to classic sci-fi character Buck Rogers. The studio, which is behind the new version of Dune and Jurassic World, is hoping to modernize the character, and they're working on multiple outlets for the character, including film, TV, and an animated series. You know, that'll be kind of interesting to see, you know, what they do with Buck Rogers to, you know, bring him into a 
20th, 22nd, uh, 20th century standpoint and then, you know, build what hit, what the future for him is. The much-anticipated sequel to Ernest Cline's novel, Ready Player One, will be out next month, and at a panel at New York Comic Con, the author revealed the synopsis for the book saying, quote, Are you ready? Days after winning Oasis founder Jim, James Hadlett, Halliday's contest, Wade Watts made a discovery that changes everything. Hidden within Halliday's vaults, waiting for his heir to find lies a techno- technological advancement that will once again change the world and make the Oasis a thousand times more wondrous and addictive than even Wade dreamed of. With it comes a new riddle and a new quest, a last Easter egg from Halliday, hinting at a mysterious prize. And an expect- unexpected, impossible, impossibly powerful and dangerous new rival waits, one who will kill millions to get what he wants. Wade's life and future on the Oasis are again at stake, but this time, the fate of humanity also hangs in the balance. Lovingly nostalgic and wild, wildly original as only Ernest Klein could conceive it, Ready Player Two takes us on another imaginative, run-action-packed adventure through his beloved virtual universe and jolts us thrillingly into the future once again, unquote. Now, uh, Ready Player Two will be out on November 24th. I still haven't gotten around to reading the first novel. I hate now. Yeah. I will admit that, you know. So I need to do that so I can read the second one, because, you know, it s- sounds interesting. What can I say? The Hunger Games prequel book, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, will be made into a movie. At New York Comic Con, it was revealed that, quote, we'll see the evolution of snow, and that's interesting, but to me, the more interesting part was seeing the evolution of Pan Am and seeing the Hunger Games in its tenth year and seeing how rudimentary it was. Publisher David David Leviathan shared. He went on saying, quote, and seeing how all the themes and all the ideas that we'll see later in the trilogy are having their origin story. When you see them in the trilogy, it's a foregone conclusion. The Hunger Games is what it is. It's evil. It's punitive. But seeing where it didn't go, have to go in that direction, seeing how it sort of wobbled and seeing how the forces pushed it into existence, that was fascinating to me because there are lessons to be learned about human nature and about societies and governments that we would really do well to listen up, to listen to. Now, everyone, everybody at first thought it was going to be a fallen angel story, like Snow's going to be a hero, and then something happens and he becomes bad. What Suzanne shows is that it's so much more complicated than that. His personality was what it was, but it was outside forces that either amplify pieces of who you are or help you go a different direction. You see a tug of war in this book, unquote. Yeah. I, I was never a fan of the Hunger Games books. I'll admit that. I did, you know, I didn't read them. I watched the, the first movie. It was okay. But, uh, you know, this sounds like something, you know, if, if you're a fan of the Hunger Games, this sounds like something that'll give you a lot of, you know, kind of backstory. Anyway, that brings us to the end of the uh, sci-fi news for this week. Now, be sure to check us out on social media. We're at Twitter, at Multiverse Tom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And if you'd like to contribute some money, please visit mtpodcast.com to go to the Coffee, uh, Patreon, and Glow.fm links as well. We'll go over to Multiverse tonight and hit the Support Me link at the top of the page. 
And be sure to visit multiversetonight.com to check out the affiliate marketplace links, the link to the T Public store, our show notes, and so much more. And if you're a subscriber, please be sure to share it with your friends, you know. Sharing is caring. And if you're brand new to the show, please be sure to subscribe. Leave us with some feedback. Let me know how we're doing. Uh, if you have, if you'd like to record some, you know, well wishes for episode 100, you know, do that. Send that in. You know, I'd, I'd love to play that on the next podcast. A special thanks to Shane Ivers for our intro music and Lobo Loco for the outro theme music. Thanks for watching the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with episode 100 and back in a couple days with episode 99. So please exit the universe in orderly fashion and be sure to stay around uh, after the music for my uh, spoilerific thoughts on the first episode of Star Trek Discovery's third season. So good night. Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half Big Genre Productions, copyright 2020. All rights reserved. All right. So uh, if you're still here, you're wanting to listen. So uh, let me play this first. Spoilers. 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 Yeah, that's right, folks. You've been warned. And you've waited. So here are my thoughts on the season premiere of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, the big plot of the season is all about the aftereffects of an event that happened over a hundred years before Michael lands in the future called the burn, which, which sounds like a venereal disease, but we'll go past that. Uh, the burn apparently was when the, the, the galaxy's dilithium all went boom, destroying most of the space travel, lost spaceships. You know, and I can, ex I can accept that, you know, it, it makes this a rarity, but I hate to say this. But dilithium didn't power all the space travel in uh, in the galaxy in the Star Trek universe. Um, now, if there's very little dilithium, for example, wouldn't the Romulans have taken over a lot of space? Because uh, fans of Star Trek will remember that the Romulans used miniature black holes to power their warp drives, not dilithium. So uh, the Romulans should be everywhere in the future because they would have no pa no no you know they would have no problem going all over the place so the Romulan the Romulan star empire should be reborn and be like pretty much up to earth at that point also it, it's highly doubtful that Zephram Cochran used dilithium since you know it's not really a present on earth that we know of of course, dilithium was was created for Star Trek because they want something something more than that. If you remember in the uh, in the uh, first Captain Kirk episode where no man has gone before, where they went to when they went through the galaxy barrier, they went to a lithium cracking station. Lithium. So you know, if if they had not decided to 
go for something more science, you know, science fictiony like dilithium, this ship would have been running on lithium. So let's assume that that that's correct, and the Zephram Cochrane's ship ran on lithium. Well, I'm sure they could probably go around the galaxy looking for lithium. You know, it might not be as powerful, but let's say lithium at least could get you to warp four. That's better than nothing. Anyway. I've even gone on a tangent from, from where I was uh, with this little commentary. Now, uh, so in, the, in, in this 100-year time span, you're telling me the Federation hasn't come up with anything else to power warp drive? I mean, 100, 100 years is more than enough time for the finest minds of the Federation to come up with you know, something else that would, that would work that they could use to power their ships. You know, I mean, I know in the episode they mentioned, you know, all the, all the other different ways you can go faster in light. You know, but still, they should have something. By the way, uh, the Federation has all sorts of knowledge, including knowledge of the transwarp conduits that the Borg used. So, couldn't they use that? Yeah. They also have Discovery Spore Drive, even if... Even if it's something that is deep down in like the archives, I'm sure when this happened, Starfleet would have would have started going through the archives. Okay, what do we have? What do we have? You know, what experiments have 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 sort of worked, but didn't quite quite work because you know they were just too expensive. Let's try everything. You know, certainly by the point that that the discovery shows up, they would have something. For uh, for this travel, but that's that being aside, you know, they need you know this is this is a fictional show, and you need something, you know, you need a reason for the discovery to you know, say, oh, we're needed. Otherwise, remember they were just going to go to the Terralisium and live out the rest of their lives there. You know, so otherwise, it's it's a good fine start. I'm sure that the plot of the whole season will be, you know, rediscovering, you know, rediscovering faster, rediscovering, you know, f- fixing the burn, uh, finding something for warp travel, fixing the Federation, you know, rebirthing it, so to speak, and bringing the galaxy back together. I'm sure that's the the whole point. So. Anyway, that's my thoughts on uh, the pilot, the season three episode, uh, starting episode. And, uh, you know, I might do this again for uh, later episodes in the season if I have any thoughts. And if I do, I'll tell you at the beginning of the show. So good night. And uh, I'll see you in the comic book edition.